0: The Real Food Reel is proudly sponsored by LCHF Endurance. Stabilise your blood sugar, burn fat, decrease inflammation and become fat adapted in just 12 weeks. I'm so excited to share with you that LCHF Endurance is currently 50% off for a limited time only. Simply use the code LCHFE50 to sample the program check out the kind of meals you'll get to eat and cancel within seven days if it's not your sugar-free jam. Head to lchfendurance.com.au and use the code LCHFE50 for 50% off your upfront program payment today. Welcome to The Real Food Real. I'm Steph Lowe, the natural nutritionist. We're Shaking Things Up on the Podcast, and each week I am joined by our cast of experts, including Kirsty Wirth, Phil Maffetone, Kale Brock, Allie McLean, Katie Pettuccini, and so many more leaders in the fields of real food, gut health, sports performance, holistic wellness, and optimising your health, metabolism, and longevity. While you're tuning in to today's episode, would you take a screenshot of your smartphone and share it on social media with the hashtag RealFoodReal? Real? I'd absolutely love to know that you're tuning in. And while you're there, why not share this episode with a friend who also needs to hear our information goldmines and aha moments? Sharing the show means we can continue our mission of simplifying nutrition and showing the world that health starts with what you choose to put on your plate. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode of The Real Food Reel. In episode 256 of The Real Food Reel, we are again joined by Jackie Evans, our nutritionist and naturopath here at The Natural Nutritionist. Jackie is also the founder of Jacqueline Evans Skincare and an expert on beauty from the inside out. In today's episode, we explore the role of your beauty products and teach you how to start to replace some of your more problematic products, those full of the endocrine disruptors, parabens and sodium lauryl sulfates. You will learn the role of the skin, our largest organ, and how facial mapping can be used to identify a more specific underlying hormonal imbalance. We also discuss guasha collagen, specific cases including cerratic arthritis and so much more. Hi, Jackie, and welcome back to the show. Thanks, Steph. So we had you on the show recently talking all about um, beauty and skin products and we had such an w- overwhelming response to that episode. So we wanted to get you back to... I guess, talk from a slightly different angle, especially for those that are looking at starting changing their skincare routine. Where do we start? Yeah, great great question because um, it can be a bit of a confusing one and a
1: tricky mm-hmm. one. It can be overwhelming for people when they start delving into ingredients and turning over the back of their bottle and looking at ingredients and then you can get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to open your bathroom shelf and you have hundreds of products in there. So where do you begin? In food, we're told uh, don't eat anything you can't pronounce, yeah. which is a great rule of thumb, but it doesn't actually really apply to skincare. Mm. One of the ingredients I use in skincare is butospurnum Parky. <laughs> now, that you can't pronounce mm. and that is actually just shea butter. Mm. So it's actually about really understanding ingredients as a place to begin But first of all, when you are delving into or making the switch to natural skincare, the first thing you need to do is your research. So the Environmental Working Group, which is the EWG.com, has an excellent database um, called Skin Deep, and you can go in there and type in the name of an ingredient and it scores it. So if something comes up with a score of 1 or 2, it's fairly safe. If you're getting a 3, a 4 or 5 or 6 it's a bit of a red flag that that product probably needs to be tossed in the bin and you need to look for an alternative. So that's a great place to start just doing some research. You also want advice. So you want to be able to talk to your skincare manufacturer or the manufacturer of any product that you're using. And this is where when you're choosing to work with a small brand, you can actually reach out and talk to the manufacturers of your product and you can ask them direct questions and find out information about the product. And that's... um, Pretty crucial is, is understanding their value system and see if that aligns with you. The next thing you can do is trial. So you can just sample products. Most brands now have sample packs available or trial packs available. So you can purchase those without committing to the big spend and you can try the product um, before you commit to buying the whole product. With natural skincare, um, when you're making a switch from mainstream skincare, you might notice the skin reacts a little bit so a reaction like a little bit of redness or a little breakout is completely normal if breakouts persist or you had really big redness or a really strong reaction then that's a sign that the product's not working for you and you need to try a different brand so trialing the product is a really good way to start and remember that it does take 28 days for the skin to completely renew itself We shed millions of skin cells every single day and every 28 days we have a completely new skin. So that adjustment when you're making that switch to natural skincare can take around four weeks. So just be mindful that you do need to give new products um, a good go before you know true results.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good point because you are changing from usually chemicals as a reason why you've stopped that product. So yeah understanding there's going to be perhaps a bit of a detox of the skin and an adjustment to those new ingredients um and yeah i think persisting can be really important you know we spoke about this last time as well but knowing that the skin is reflecting what's going on internally so you know giving your body time to detox and to heal from the exposure to those previous ingredients yeah absolutely the skin um obviously, is our largest organ Mm -hmm. and one of its roles
1: is to protect the inner layer and it is to eliminate toxins. So it is completely true that if you've um, got issues on the skin when you're dealing with the inside and you're working on healing the gut or healing any liver detoxification issues, that that may worsen the skin first and that's part of the skin's natural detoxification. Mm. So you need to support the skin from the inside and then from the outside as well. And we can use um, ancient techniques like facial mapping to understand Mm. what might be going on internally. So someone with um, acne that is around the jawline, the chin, even on the neck and the back is usually giving us an indication that there's something going on with an underlying hormonal issue. So as a practitioner in clinic, that would always be the first point of call, Mm -hmm. to go and look at the hormones, to look at how the liver's working and to look at how the gut's working for that area. Similarly, someone with um, breakouts on the the cheeks, that can be um, an indication that there might be an underlying PCOS condition. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can also be relating to just simple pollution. You know, we put our phones to our cheeks, um, environmental Um, aspects might affect the cheeks as well. So that, again, we'll go back if it is a PCOS-driven indicator of what's happening on the skin, then we would go back and look at hormones. Breakouts on the um, forehead can be related to stress. So we might need to go back and look at the nervous system and see what's happening there. So we can just use a simple technique of understanding what's happening on the skin, where it's located to tell us, give us clues as to where we start treating internally as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think it's a really good insight because you're then getting more information to direct where you're going with, say, your treatment, working with someone like yourself because, you know, we always say test, don't guess, yes. It's really important that we are getting some testing but we're not the kind of practitioners that want you to be spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on tests so you can really direct you to what area you're going to focus on to help with the symptoms that your skin is expressing yeah absolutely and you said um tests don't guess and Mm. it's just so true you
1: just you can't assume you know we know that for something like acne there is usually a hormonal imbalance underlying it um diet is obviously a huge factor as well but we can't assume we know what's going on with the hormones we can't Guess that there's going to be a testosterone dominance that's driving um, an acne breakout. We really need to test these hormones: the estrogen, the progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, and cortisol as well, to really understand what their levels are like in relationship to each other. They work in such a delicate dance, and um, we need to know exactly what's happening with those hormones. You, you you can't guess that. We can go off a good clinical history but it's very hard to guess that and assume. So testing really directs our treatment and allows us to streamline the treatment so we're targeting the problem uh, more effectively.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think, I mean, I'm a big fan of testing and we had an episode recently that was about um, hormones and definitely cortisol and testing and, yeah, it was another one that everyone was really fascinated in learning more about because, um, stress is obviously a huge problem and sometimes I I don't think that we appreciate the significant flow-on effect that mm. it has to our hormones and it might be our skin or it might be our gut or it could be our nervous system in another way like with mental health challenges and so, yeah, we've really got to unpack that and in the case of the skin, look at the impact and, of course, then rebalance. <laughs> yeah, cortisol is such a big one for skin conditions Cortisol
1: is related to our stress management and when we see elevated levels of cortisol, people under long-term stress, stress it's leading to inflammation which will lead to skin conditions. Mm-hmm. So really understanding and helping people manage their stress, is so important in good skin outcomes. And skin is something that's such a source of self-esteem for Mm. people. Um, There was a paper recently which talked about people with severe cystic acne and how their mental health is so Mm. severely affected and depression in these people is just so so common mm-hmm. stress is such a large factor that it's just got to be such a big part of the equation in when we manage and treat people and so often you probably see this too in your clients they might sit there and say no i'm not stressed mm-hmm. I'm, I'm totally fine um and when you really delve in deeper you realize that they are operating on on quite a high level of, of stress so it's all about bringing that cortisol down and when there's been really long-term levels of stress, long-term stressors going on in the body, that can also affect our DHEA Mm. and also downstream affect our testosterone. And these are two androgens which will contribute to more sebum in the skin or more Mm. oil and contribute to more acne. So we need to piece all of this together and look at kind of get back to the start. It's all about pieces of the puzzle but get back to the start. What is the initial driver of this hormonal imbalance or of this um, inflammation or of this gut issue. We need to try and find
0: the original cause, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And so you mentioned before about, you know, working with a small brand so that you can reach out and ask questions and maybe get a bit more personalized advice. So I love that that's what you can obviously do at Jacqueline Evans Skin Care. And I'd love to know more about, you know, how that works and maybe an example of a question that you would receive and how you could support someone with, they either the start of their journey or understanding more about what to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, we get
1: questions all the time from our customers just wanting to know which uh, skincare product is right for them. Mm. Um, number one, we're cruelty-free so we don't ever test on animals. Mm. That's one of the biggest questions we get from really? our customers. Yeah, and um, how sustainable are we is another mm. really important question for our customers. So we've made a choice not to use um, palm oil in any of our products um and customers are very aware of ingredients Mm. uh, sort of high-level ingredients like parabens and sulfates which we touched on last time fragrances people are very aware nowadays Mm. they're very educated and it might be someone that's coming from a background of having a highly sensitive skin or perhaps they've gone through um Really poor health or cancer, and they're just looking for something more natural to put on their skin. I kind of see natural skincare as a bit of insurance for your health. Mm. It's something that we can actually have control over. We can't obviously control all the synthetic chemicals that we face day to day because we're bombarded with so many from so many different aspects of um, the environment um, and our lives but skincare is something we can actually control. We can control what we choose to buy and choose to put on our, our skin. So um, when you're starting out your journey into skincare, it can be a little overwhelming, as I said at the start, because you kind of, you start looking into ingredients and turning over the bottle and realize that everything is kind of full of toxic ingredients. You don't necessarily want to use. So, I think, first of all, you need to go slow. You don't need to throw everything out at once. Mm. As products run out, that's when you can replace them. So wait till something's run out and then you replace it. Second, think of how your body's using it. So if it's something that you're putting onto your skin that's staying on your skin, then that's something you want to replace sooner than something that you're washing off straight away. So a conditioner, for example, you put on and you wash off straight away. You don't have as much exposure to the Mm. ingredients. Whereas a face moisturiser or a face serum, a face oil, a body cream is something that you're putting on and absorbing into the skin. So you would certainly want to start with, with those products. Next, um, again, research, which I talked about at the start, using that Environmental Working Group um, website, which I'm sure we can link to mm, um, at the end, sure. is a really great place when you're starting out to understand ingredients and just get an idea on um, what they're in there for so their function and that's always really interesting to know why they're put in a product um and it just gives a simple score so you can know if you need to use it or avoid it so yeah i'd I'd sort of start out with those things Mm. choosing um to replace things as they run out and then thinking
0: about how you're using the product and and going from there Yeah, I definitely think body moisturiser going all over your skin and then face cream that you're leaving on all night or all day. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, So I'd love to hear about some of your ingredients Mm. and, and why, like obviously with that food for the skin kind of angle, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, there's so many incredible ingredients to choose from in our toolkit of natural ingredients. One of my personal favourites is a pretty common one that's used in natural skincare. It's Rosipoil. Mm-hmm. We use it in our face moisturiser and our serum. Its nutrient profile is so high. Mm-hmm. It's high in vitamin E and vitamin C and lycopene. And all of these are really important antioxidants for the skin. So they're mopping up any damage that might be caused by the environment. And they're also really important for regenerating the skin um, and improving collagen production. So rosehip oil is is one of my absolute favourites. I love green tea as well, which is uh, Camellia sinensis, and this is a infused oil we use in our moisturiser, which acts as a prebiotic on the skin. Mm. So this is a beautiful ingredient to rebalance the skin's um, bacterial mantle. Uh, and then there's... Uh, rose water is mm. such a simple ingredient um but such a powerful ingredient um i love rose water because it has a beautiful perfume to it but it's also really just calming on the skin mm. it's kind of like a multitasker if you like of skincare it will rehydrate the skin calm down the skin lock in moisture. And if you're applying this before you're applying your moisturiser, your moisturiser goes further. So it'll act as a bit of a toner. You can use it to set your makeup. You can use it after a workout. You can use it sort of as a 3 p.m. pick me up or any time throughout the day where your skin needs a bit of a lift. So it's um, a really simple ingredient, but pretty powerful. And I think that's the thing. I think ingredients don't have to be that complicated. They can be quite simple, but their function can be quite powerful. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, nature knows best and I think it's really important that we, you know, really understand those ingredients because some of them are quite simple, like you said, but they're so powerful and we hear a lot about antioxidants because, you know, a lot of us use skincare, you know, generally, but also from that anti-aging point of view, which we touched on last time as well. So looking at what antioxidants we can find that can really help that, um, that balance of the free radical production, which would lead to aging if it's not. Yeah, balance. Exactly, mm. exactly. And you talked about food for the skin
1: and we have to remind ourselves that we're absorbing what we put onto the mm-hmm. skin. So when you're putting on ingredients that are supplying nutrients and have a positive function on the skin, then you are actually feeding the skin. They're being yeah. absorbed
0: and you're, you're feeding the skin the good stuff. So it makes so much sense. Like we focus on what we put in our mouth and you know, nearly everyone that tunes in has been following a real food lifestyle for many years, yet up until recently we've only, like, we haven't considered what we're putting on from the outside in. So it's a huge part of your overall health and wellness goals. Mm. I'd love to hear more about a couple of specific products, like what your faves are or where you'd suggest someone would start with that sort of face or body place. Yeah, sure. So um,
1: <clears throat> in terms of my products or, mm, yeah, yeah, okay. Um our bestseller is our Argan and Rosehip um, Face Moisturiser. So this uses that rosehip oil I spoke about and also Argan Oil, which has a very high vitamin E uh, content, so a really powerful antioxidant. So this is a product for anyone um, with mature skin or dry skin or dehydrated skin. So there's a difference between dry skin and dehydrated skin. So we can have dehydrated skin, which is, essentially just a lack of water, Mm. so you actually need internal hydration, you need to up your water consumption, or you can have a dry skin where it's the actual epidermis that's dry Mm. and you need to lock in moisture externally. So understanding even your skin type can tell you a lot about what you need to do. So you might think you have dry skin um, and you would, yes, absolutely use the Argan and Rosehip Moisturising Cream, but you would also need to be looking internally and up in your hydration and mm. you can't underestimate the power of just increasing water day to day mm. um so we love the Argan and Rosehip Face Cream we're just actually about to introduce a new product which is a ancient Chinese facial tool called the Gua Sha oh I love a Gua Sha you love a Gua Sha yeah, obsessed <laughs> how good are they mm. I I just am so obsessed yeah. as well so um Wa means um scrape and sha means sand mm. and yeah it just helps further describe it yeah so yeah. it's a flat rose quartz roller or it could be a um jade mm. um so it's not the roller it's a flat uh usually a heart-shaped tool tool yeah uh, piece of stone, I guess. Mm-hmm. And you essentially scrape it um, up the cheek. So mm. it, it penetrates a lot deeper than those foam rollers you see on the market. Mm-hmm. So you'll find when you use a gua sha, you can really feel it. You'll get tingling and some redness. Mm. Um, so you essentially uh, scrape or Work it up, upwards along your cheeks. Hard to describe. Yes, yeah, it? yeah. So it's <laughs> hard to describe because like, it's not scraping. It's not scraping away like It's like a bit of a massage, though, isn't like it? A with, a, with a stone into yeah, your skin. Yeah. With yeah. A stone. So it actually improves drainage. So you're mm-hmm. improving um, toxin elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps with regeneration. It helps with hyperpigmentation. Um, it's excellent for puffiness. So in the morning, you can just use it around the eye area if you wake Mm. up with puffiness. And it also helps your skincare penetrate deeper. So when you're using it um, in combination with your facial oil or facial serum, it helps it actually penetrate further into the skin. Um,
0: Yeah, it's a really beautiful little tool. Because I've had that in a treatment before, Mm. but I own a dermal roller, which is a different, that is the roller with a little tiny pins yes, in it that yep. obviously prick the skin so the theory is similar in that you get greater absorption of the products i imagine yes yeah and mm. you're stimulating um, collagen collagen
1: that's that's what as well when you're for. when you're doing it
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what
1: we're all, we're all about increasing collagen anything <clears throat> oh, no. to increase collagen Tell me about it.
0: anything to increase what are collagen we doing in the body? collagen like I, I think it was such a popular ingredient until a few years ago right i mean you might know differently from the time you've been in the skincare industry but like it's like it's this Popular, like new kid on the block. Yeah, in totally. Years. I know. And isn't it funny how there's
1: nothing new about it? No, we've I known God for know. years that our skin's made of collagen, and we've known for years that as we age, we lose collagen, and yeah. that's what causes sagginess and wrinkles. But yeah, it is very um, current at isn't the it? moment. The word collagen, internal collagen powders, internal yeah. beauty powders, and anything that you can do in your skincare regime to improve collagen as well. Yeah. But you know, going back to what we said about stress eliminating stress improves the collagen. You know, when you reduce Mm. the inflammation, you're helping the body um, not lose as much of that collagen. So you
0: actually have to go in really holistically as much sleep. sleep, I look so old if I haven't slept. And then after a good sleep and really good um, skin routine, which I'm pretty obsessed with, as I shared last time, I look a couple of years younger, I'm sure. 100%. Sleep (laughs) makes all the difference. But you've
1: got to think too, sleep, a good night's sleep, uh, regenerates our our Mm. cortisol levels. Yeah. So so much of it does come back to inflammation and and what is happening with cortisol in the body. Mm. But, yeah, sleep is hugely important.
0: Yeah, fascinating. And you said before, water, and we're talking again about a lot of basics. So I know that you're the same when you're in clinic with your clients and we can chat more about that. But, um, you know, it's still, I've been practicing for a long time, but it still blows my mind that we, A, neglect some of these basics and B, when someone does do a really good job of nailing those basics, how differently they they feel Mm. like as a result, Mm. like it's not rocket science and it's certainly not a magic pill there's nothing sexy about drinking more water or being told to chew your food more or what have you but it does make a huge difference so yeah i'm sure you have those foundational Mm. conversations with your clients as well yeah well they're the fundamentals aren't Mm. they they are the fundamentals and unless you've got those right there's Mm. no point
1: really going in and working on and fine-tuning the other stuff those Mm. foundations have to be right first and it is so simple but it is also hard to simple, but what is it? Simple, but not easy. Simple, yeah. but not easy. Yeah. Exactly. Simple, but not easy. I mean, if we all made a commitment to mm. drink two liters of good quality water today mm. and everyone did that every day, yes, you would notice a huge difference in your energy, in your sleep, um, and most importantly in your skin as mm. well. So why aren't we all doing it? Mm. You know, and I guess that's why you work with um, a nutritionist like mm. us, because we can be there to support you and keep you accountable mm. to, to, those goals.
0: Yeah, and then there are obviously people that are really good at those basics that have been, you know, living that sort of real food lifestyle for many years. Um, But I still think it's great to get practitioner support. And so in this case, this is where you are probably be going to looking at testing hormones, testing reproductive hormones and cortisol, would you say, if someone's coming to you that's still having an issue beyond those foundations? Yeah. um,
1: You know, often people with a skin condition, it's been something that's, really long term it's not usually something that's cropped up in the last couple of weeks Mm. it's a long-term issue that we're trying to resolve so it's a long-term fix let's Mm. not pretend it's going to be a short-term fix it is a long-term fix that requires um, commitment from the client um, to their health goals But yeah, absolutely. You want to look at the hormones, um, but the gut as well, Steph, is really important to look at. And I know how much you talk about the gut and the Mm. microbiome on this podcast, Um, but it is so important to start there. So they're usually my two starting points are the hormones and the gut, but it really depends on the client and what they're presenting with and their history. You know, did their acne start? When their period started, mm. and then were they put on the oral contraceptive pill, and then roaccutane, and had they been on that for years? So mm. it really depends on on what their history is, um, determines which path we go down and where we want to start start treating.
0: Yeah, I think it's fascinating with the amount of knowledge and research we have about the gut. So you know the famous saying, "All disease begins in the gut." So. You know, you want to start looking at the gut, but there are people that would come out with what looks like a really great microbiome. In the new testing that we've been sharing you got with you guys um, via Microba, you'll recall that the score that you get is between 70 and 98. And so you can still have a 98 and have skin issues. So that's where you'd start to really need to dive in deeper to the hormones because you've sort of. Ruled out the fact that it's microbiome related. At least that's how I would start mm. because it's you know you you assume it's in the gut, mm. but often it can be you know still related, but very much coming back to those reproductive hormones, and then of course the mal adaptation from an adrenal cortisol point of view.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and sometimes it is um, via process of elimination. Yeah. Exactly what you say. So you go in and you look at the gut and if that all appears to be working optimally, then you can rule out that that's okay and we need to look somewhere else. So it is a bit of a process of elimination um, that you're working towards. I mean, I think, um, and you would know this better than me, but with the microbiome report, have you found these people with a 98, there are still areas that that need improvement, there are still areas that you can go in Mm -hmm. and are showing um, where you need to start working despite
0: having that good score? Yeah, a 98, it's funny, like mine, I said mine is 98 and I haven't done anything different. But um, you can have a very different looking 98. So I had one client last week who has a 98 and she deserves that because I know how hard she's worked over the last number of years. Um, but she still had high methane, which mm-hmm. is a metabolite produced by, specific species in the gut that can lead to constipation. Right. So then symptom dependent, this, this client is still having some kind of constipation. So mm. it was pretty obvious from that microbiome report mm. why and then what we can do. Mm. So she's not going to sit on a 98. Mm. She really wants to treat that. And for us, that was like a bit of a hallelujah to, as, to offer an explanation as perhaps why some of the other things that we've tried around motility weren't, quite working. Like, yeah, she's had amazing improvements. Mm. She's not relying on suppositories or enemas and it's, it's night and day, but we're still not quite there mm. yet. So mm. that was really interesting mm. to see that still yeah. with a 98. Mm. And I've had probably, I think maybe four or five 90 outs, okay. myself included, and they're okay. all different. Yeah. So that's what's really interesting about where that score sits. Mm. We don't always just like, you know, wash our hands and say, I'm done with my 98. You've got to go in deep to those functional insights mm. and understand why what's going on. It's pretty powerful stuff. Mm. It really is pretty powerful stuff that you, you couldn't guess that. You, it's no. just... It's well, metabolites we, we haven't been able to measure until yes, now yet. Yeah, And so just to recap, it's not just a list of species in the gut. She, she didn't actually have a bacterial mm. overgrowth, mm. even her methanobrevibacter levels were inside normal that's Mm -hmm. the real methane Mm. producing species so it wasn't just Mm. an overgrowth it was like a sum total of that Mm. metabolite so Mm. this is new this is stuff Mm. that we haven't been able to measure until like this year last year really with microbes advancing technology so very cool it's really cool it's pretty groundbreaking Mm. and it's pretty amazing we're able to offer that to clients i think so too and on on the area of skin just you know I haven't had a skin client recently, so I'm looking forward to sort of unpacking more about that when we get some more um, metabiome or microbial reports mm, coming through yeah. when there are those more chronic skin conditions. Mm. That can be something we can explore in the future as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've got some, um,
1: had some good results and some interesting test results and mm. some interesting client outcomes for people with um, skin acne. We've had some good um, results with a patient... With really chronic um, psoriasis, that had some really interesting results on their microbiome test. So, what yeah. was the
0: what was the um, the big takeaway? Can you recall? <laughs> yeah. So this was um,
1: this was a patient with uh, rheumatoid arthritis, mm. and had the um, subsequent um, psoriatic arthritis. Mm. So skin was covered, um, and in an enormous amount of pain um, as well, and the microbiome report revealed quite a number of things, but one of the most important um, things I found was um, he had Prevotella, Mm. which is a bacterial infection, which is so closely related to autoimmune conditions um, and uh, rheumatoid arthritis. So that was our, is our first point of call treating that. And there was lots going on, you know, there was markers of dysbiosis Mm. and permeability and a whole lot of stuff um, going on and poor liver detoxification as well. And this is quite a complex case history because there's been quite a lot of uh, strong pharmaceutical oh, yeah. medications like methotrexate um, and things over the years. But just so good to get back that report and go, right, well, this is where we actually need to start. We need to actually eliminate this Prevotella. Mm. This is obviously a big part of the picture. Um,
0: well, I find that species really incredible just to pause there yeah. because you it it can go either way. like So where the research is at the moment is looking at those, that have rheumatoid arthritis a very common denominator is the presence of prevotella mm-hmm. but i have plenty of clients that have prevotella that, that don't, don't have yes. ra yes. so it's just understanding that of course it's multifactorial yes. as you say yes and the presence of that bacteria doesn't mean you'll ever get rheumatoid arthritis yes. but it's going to potentially increase your potential too and being an autoimmune condition we know that stress can be a huge trigger Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. so that's really fascinating because i had a client last week who had a really high prevotella overgrowth Mm -hmm. but very different symptoms Mm -hmm. so as Mm -hmm. always it's Mm -hmm. it's very individual Mm -hmm.
1: and what's that saying genetics loads the gun but environment Mm -hmm. pulls the trigger you know we we might have this um propensity to something or this might be in our genes but it's what we're doing day-to-day with our yeah. lifestyle and our diet that might actually then influence a condition to actually come to life. Mm. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's just fascinating what you can see um, and what we can test nowadays and what we can do for our clients as well. Yeah. What about eczema? Eczema, um, I've done a little bit of eczema in young children. Yeah. Um, for babies, uh, or babies. Or. Older, yeah. older, so more um, sort of five plus yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and made dietary changes yeah. and that's where we've seen the biggest impact yeah. because supplements in these kids is obviously pretty hard but mm. you can um, educate the parents on changing the diet um, and changing the diet is definitely where we've seen the most improvement. So do you take gluten and dairy or both? Both. Yeah. Yeah, both gluten and dairy, mm. um, definitely. Um, and also... I have used quite successfully in clients in the past um, vitamin D capsules okay. directly onto the skin. So I get the parent to prick the capsule of vitamin D and apply that directly onto the skin, and I've seen some really good results with eczema and that. That's wow. purely anecdotal, anti-inflammatory with just, though as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and just another reminder how you're treating the skin externally, but getting. Results internally, which is yeah. reflected outside, you know, yeah. it's almost like it's inside out, but also outside in, of course. Yeah, you know, we've got to address the outside and the inside, and then the
0: inside and the outside. It kind of goes both ways, yes. it does. And I'm glad you said dietary changes because um, ha- I'm having a conversation with someone about exploring a little bub mm. and um, she's on LGG. Mm-hmm. So, there's been obviously some probiotic recommendation, but no conversation about gluten or dairy. Mm. I thought that was crazy. Mm. I thought for me that would have been, mm. yeah, like you said, first first and foremost. First and foremost, um, yeah. Rather than trying to band-aid it. I mean, obviously dressing the gut is important as well, mm. but it'll be one step forward, two steps backwards if you're still putting a trigger in, a dietary trigger in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: obviously those two, gluten and dairy, so inflammatory. Um Yeah. First point of call. Definitely, definitely gluten and dairy in in Mm. these eczema patients.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. But then hopefully also being able to test to understand if there's anything further going on, depending on symptom resolution, of Mm. course, you don't Mm. have to test, Mm. but um, yeah, if you're not getting results, Mm. then you want to understand, all right, what else is is there? um, Creating those symptoms, Mm. really. Mm. And Mm. so uncomfortable for these poor bubbers. It's horrible for them Mm. they
1: they itch it's horrible for a parent to see their child go through chronic eczema you know it's it's a really uncomfortable
0: yeah
1: condition it's it's really not nice so anything that we can do to improve the child's Mm. comfortability um
0: is a big bonus definitely yeah for sure i love it so fascinating i i'd love to see yeah a few more results coming through Mm. especially now that we are working with microbar yes Yes. and so we can put that together and um yeah have another chat sounds great Sarah. (laughs) awesome thank you so much for joining us today it was a pleasure as always thanks Steph. bye Thank you so much for listening, team. Make sure you dive into the show notes over at thenaturalnutritionist.com.au forward slash podcast. Now, before you go, can I ask you a favor? I'd be so grateful if you would leave me a five-star review on iTunes. I personally read every review and comment and love hearing your aha moments and takeaways from each episode. Together, we can continue to spread the real food love.